we are the next episode of Dr. D. Now, today we have Dr. Greg Wells with us. Uh, Dr. Greg Wells is a renowned expert in the field of health and wellness, the CEO and founder of, Doc, uh, of Wellness Performance, a global consultation firm on a mission to elevate how we live our lives at work and in life. He have worked uh, with some of the highest performing individuals on the planet, including Olympic and world champions and elite organizations, including uh, elect, um, you know, General Electric, BMO, uh, you know, KBMG, BMW, Audi, YPO, and Air Canada, and many, many more. He is also committed to inspiring children and young adults working with the school boards and independent schools around the world. So Dr. Greg Wells is a renowned health and high performance expert. He uh, has dedicated his career to studying science of human limits and developing practical strategies to help individuals and organizations perform at their best, even under the most challenging circumstances. With um, over a year of 25 years of experience working with Olympic and world champions as well as top performing organizations. Well, that's a lot. I mean, achievement, Dr. Greg. <laughs> we, we just love you and a very, very warm welcome uh, to Dr. D's uh, podcast today. Dr. K, I'm so happy to be here and I've missed you guys. It's great to see you, even if it's over Zoom. And I'm honored and grateful to, you know, speak to you and your community. So, yeah, it's great to see you again. Great. So, Dr. Greg, I mean, I, you know, since so we all know that you specialize in so many fields, where one of the fields is definitely an athletic performance, uh, you know, about the, you know, science of nutrition, the exercise, sleep and stress management, uh, you know. And there are so many you know, different kind of science in this particular field. Everyone has their own opinion. You know, some say that, you know, fasting, uh, you know, before working out, some say that, you know, having some potassium or, you know, electrolytes before working out. And then, you know, thereafter, some say that have magnesium immediately. And, you know, there are also studies where they say that, okay, you need to have some kind of carbohydrate before you go for your running and things like that. So it's actually very confusing for a common person <laughs> that what exactly they need to do so could you just explain that you know uh, a regular athlete or maybe who a person who goes every day running or maybe you know just everyday gym and a strong a person who has a regular athletic performance what is the difference between their diet and how one can what can a one normal individual do got it um, you're right. We make it very complicated. And the reality is that it's not very complicated. Uh, I've worked with probably 200 Olympic athletes and over and over and over again, what I see amongst the highest performing athletes is that they're just consistent. They do the basics very, very well. They're not trying to biohack. They're not trying to take shortcuts. They're not really taking that many supplements. They just simply show up to work out every single day. And that's the biggest thing that you can do is just be really consistent. We also need to worry about how hard we're working out. Literally just show up, go for a walk, do some yoga, lift some weights, do housework, whatever it happens to be. Moving your body is going to make you healthier and feel so much better. When it comes to nutrition in and around physical activity, the number one most important thing is just make sure you're drinking a lot of water. The vast mm -hmm. majority of us, up until about 90 minutes of exercise, don't need electrolytes you don't need sports drinks you just need to drink water that's what your body is designed 
to use when we are exercising. So water is the most important thing. If you're exercising for longer than 90 minutes or you're exercising outdoors in the heat where you're sweating a lot, then you can have a little bit of electrolytes in the drinks that you're sipping during your exercise, but not before or after. Just stay hydrated during your actual training session. Now, the one interesting thing is that when we look at athletes who train in the morning and at night, so two workouts per day, often they'll do very well. They'll hydrate well during that training session, but they won't drink much in between. And so they'll show up to work out dehydrated. So also throughout the course of the day, we're drinking water, we're drinking tea, anything that increases your hydration level, we're staying away from um, fruit juices, unless you squeeze them yourself, we're staying away from soda and and pot and diet sodas and all those sorts of things. It's it's really, really straightforward. It's not complicated. Do the basics, right? And for the vast majority of people, a healthy diet plus lots of water in and around your workouts, you'll get almost all of the benefits that you need. Okay. You know, I mean, the, uh, you have explained everything very well that how a regular person should be taking care of the hydration, which is the most important. I mean, checking with your electrolytes. Uh, if you're working more than 90 hours, then, you know, uh, you know, you need to increase uh, more electrolytes uh, in your you know, uh, routine. Uh, you know, I have one question. I'll take this advantage of asking you one of my personal questions because my son, uh, who is, uh, you know, 17 now and, and has been working out recently. So he, you know, stops me, you know, as as a parent, I'm like continuously this, eat that. But he's like, mom, I'm going for a workout. I only need my protein. I only need and he has the salt water before, you know, he goes for his workout and, and he has stopped eating his uh, carbs and all. But as a mother, you know, I worry him because he's 17 and I like, okay, what about your growth hormones? You know, you need to, um, you, you need that for your bones to develop. So is it, and I'm sure a lot of listeners out there are mothers who are worried about their young adults. So what one needs to do? Is it a okay practice? Should I am um, overreacting or they need to be more careful about it? <laughs> so the first thing is your son is going to the gym. He's not uh -huh. going to the bar. He's not going and hanging out on the street corner. Like he's going to the gym. So first yeah. of all, congratulations. Your child is going to exercise. You've already won. Like it's fantastic. Just make sure that he loves to go to the gym because he's going to go lift weights. He's going to go talk to people who are into health and fitness. Um, obviously we want to have conversations with them and about, and, and girls go to the gym too, which is also incredible. Like anyone who's going to the gym, we want to make sure that they're into a healthy lifestyle. Because that's what's going to enable them to um, get to what we want for them, which is mental and physical health. So you've already won. He's going to the gym. You've done a great job. You're a great mom. Don't worry about it. That's 99% of the battle. Now, when it comes to the protein powders that kids and let's call teenagers will would first get into really training hard in the gym. And when it says protein, 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 and that's fair enough because you do need amino acids, which we get from proteins to build your muscle tissue. So if you do a workout and you have lots of amino acids in your system, you will gain muscle mass, which is what a lot of people are looking for when they go to the gym. Mm -hmm. The key thing to get across to your son is that not only do you need to have protein, and this is for everybody, protein is basically for your muscles and your bones. Healthy fats are for your brain and your spinal cord, and carbohydrates are for energy. And so if you want to, um, and your son might be interested in more muscle, less percent body fat, uh, in that case, you'd say, yes, keep with the proteins. That's amazing. 
make sure that you're not only having the protein powder, but many different types of protein and get protein from vegetables or from meat or from fish. Um, but you're also having a little bit of carbohydrate after your workout because then it's absorbed quickly, goes straight into your muscles, you heal, repair, and regenerate fast. And then also make sure that you're having healthy fats at breakfast and dinner because healthy fats make your brain work better, your spinal cord and your nerves, because that's what we use to build myelin, which wraps around the branches of your neurons, just like bark on the branch of a tree and protects them from damage. So if you want a better functioning brain, that's healthy fats, better functioning muscles, that's healthy protein, more energy overall, that's carbohydrates. And so that balance is what we win with long-term, but understand right now that your son's super into protein. He probably wants to decrease percent body fat. And if that's the case, you just put your carbs after your workout, not before. And that way it's absorbed straight into your muscles and used really, really efficiently. Okay, lovely. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm sure it's quite insightful uh, the way you have divided that when one needs to have carbohydrate, it was the right time to have, you know, uh, your fats and all. Uh, which brings me to the next question, Dr. Greg, because, you know, I have been listening to your podcast and your wherever you speak. And, uh, you know, what I learned that you're a strong supporter of, uh, you know, plant based food and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, mainly plant based food. So, do you think that you know uh you know the people who have like strong athletic performance uh, do they get enough nutrition from the uh, following a certain kind of plant-based food and is there something that they need to be very very cautious about if they are eating completely plants um yeah got it i i am plant-based not plant entirely we do have fish we do have some meat but in general we eat a lot of plants that's the foundation so I believe in in plant there's two styles of eating that generally show around the world that there's a reduction in chronic disease and an extension of lifespan and the first type is plant-based the more plants that you eat the more different colored plants and fruits and plant uh, fruits and vegetables that you eat the less chronic disease the longer that you live so plant-based is one style the other style of eating um, is mediterranean style so that's plant lots of plants but also with olive oil and some organic meat as well so you can do it either way. And I know that um, traditional foods in India are fantastic also because they have so many spices. And when we have lots of spices in our foods, and then I re realize there's many different regions of India with many different styles of cuisine. And I'm very fortunate to have been to India on many occasions and I've sampled foods from all over the place and I love Indian food so much. Um, but the spices have antioxidants in them, polyphenols, flavonoids, which are so incredibly good for us. And so when I talk about healthy eating, I'm basically of the opinion that we should have as many plants as we can breakfast lunch and dinner make sure that we're eating whether that's nuts vegetables fruits seeds um, they're all fantastic for us then in addition to that if you want to have some meat it's fine not too much but a little bit is okay and as organic as you can afford so make sure that they're eating grass beef grass-fed beef for example not grain-fed beef that's what we have in canada so you have to be very careful about about what you're having. If you're going to have fish, make sure that it's wild. And that way you get a lot of omega-3 fatty acids as well. But in general, I believe that you can eat healthy from a number of different ways. What we're just simply looking to do, and this is a very simple idea, is that we want more nutrients and optimal number of calories. So health is equal to nutrients over calories. The more nutrients you get into your body in general, the healthier you're going to be. So how do you get more nutrients in? That's the rainbow of plants vegetables and fruits from many different colors uh, 
And when we talk about optimizing calories, all that we're really doing there is reducing the amount of junk food that we eat. So highly processed mm -hmm. foods that comes out of packages, um, sweets, which is, by the way, it's fine to have every once in a while. We're just not having them at every single meal, right? So we're just simply eating more of the rainbow and less of the junk food, the fast food, the fried foods. And in general, if you do that very simple thing, you're going to get to 80 to 90% of the benefits of a healthy eating lifestyle. And that's what I found athletes, high performance athletes, high performance business people, uh, healthy people overall. That's the, that's the approach that we are adopting. And so it's very straightforward. As many plants as you, as you can, eat the rainbow, decrease the junk food, decrease the fat food, the, sorry, the fast food, and you will win most of the battles. And that applies to both athletes and anyone who's interested in a healthy high performance life. Yeah, I like it. You know, eating the rainbow, it sounds very fancy and, you know, makes sense also <laughs> that I eat a lot of colorful, uh, you know, vegetables and fruits. I mean, you can cover up all the major antioxidants with that. And, you know, in exactly. India, major, the majority of the population is, uh, you know, vegetarian where we eat plants, mm. plant-based a lot. And, uh, you know, generally, which has been seen that, you know, uh, I mean, that's why a lot of Indians are deficient sometimes in vitamin B12, you know, uh, vitamin D, of course, it is everywhere. <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know, it's just people are deficient in vitamin D a lot. Uh, so if, if somebody is completely, you know, vegetarian, let's say, or vegan, how do they cover their vitamin uh, B needs? Like, do they have mm. to take the supplement, or is there any other way as well? You know, but how can they do? It's that? only okay. Yeah, it's interesting if we're looking at making sure that we have vitamin the B complex vitamins, but especially B twelve because B twelve can be lower in people who are are plant based. That's really important to do because the B vitamins are used to help us combat and manage stress. So if you've experienced a lot of stress in your life or you have a busy job or you're very tired or there's some challenge going on at home, then making sure that you have enough B vitamins on in your body is really important because they help us to fight off stress. So during those stressful times, I actually recommend that taking a B complex that's B2 through to B12 with like B6 and other B vitamins in it is a really good strategy. The other thing that you can do is just simply look up vegetarian sources of B vitamins. And there's many different plants that are very high in B12. And there's actually some uh, plant sources of vitamin B12, which you can um, access as well. I can't remember them off the top of my head. I do have a list of them I'm happy to send them to you and we can put those into the show notes. Yeah. Um, but just look those up. And then in terms of vitamin D, that is low and it's very low where I live because we're in the north, there's not as much sun. Um, but the key thing there is making sure that we're exposed to sunlight and not too much, you don't want to get a sunburn, but when we're exposed to sunlight and we're outdoors, your skin will naturally produce some vitamin D. If you want to supplement above and beyond that, that's absolutely fine. We certainly do in my family. Uh, and so that's definitely something to to look at for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dr. Reg, in my you know practice, a lot of people, you know, when the vegetarians uh, who are deficient in vitamin B12, we definitely recommend them, you know, supplementing supplementing them you know whenever they feel like and a lot of time i think nutritional yeast is also something which has kind of all the vitamins so that does help with them and yes speaking about vitamin d i don't know what's there i mean you are there where the sunlight is you know very i mean not too much but in india we have excessive sunlight but still you know people are deficient on uh, vitamin d i think you know because of we are indoors most of the time uh you know that's why the vitamin d absorption is less and also i feel right. you know a lot of time uh people 
supplement themselves with vitamin D, but then, you know, they don't, they're not able to keep it for a longer duration, you know, longer period. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, I mean, if they go for their, you know, uh, vitamin D test, I mean, it always shows the result very, very, I mean, very low. Probably they're not able to yeah. metabolize the supplement or, you know, they are lacking in vitamin K2. Uh, you know, it's it's a mystery in themselves, you know, and I don't understand why we do not absorb such good vitamin D sunlight uh, here in India. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just speaking about, you know, sunlight, uh, of course, the, you know, sleeping and uh, waking up pattern, again, which you uh, speak highly about, uh, particularly with the sleep thing, which is the most important uh, uh, thing. And by the way, let me tell to our viewers here and listeners here that, you know, I, I heard you for the first time in Toronto where you spoke about, uh, you know, the sleep pattern and how, you know, one requires how many hours of sleep and in detail. And I think that was the time I started working on my sleep routine. I've learned a lot from you a lot of things I apply but yeah a lot of things I'm not able to do till now although I'm working on it but yeah that's okay we're always a work in progress all of us that's all good no problem (laughs) so yeah but that made a huge change in in my you know personal uh, life so I would like you to well you know share um, you know some of the more information to our listeners here and uh, yeah I mean how one needs to work on his sleep and why is sleep the most important thing for everything you know for your Uh, diet nutrition for your mental health everything got it well the foundation of health and wellness is nutrition and we've talked about that already the next most important thing um, and arguably even more important in some cases is making sure that we get a good night's sleep and quite often so many people are tired and we're not sleeping very well and so the amount of sleep that I'm hoping most people can get is around seven to eight hours. There's a small percentage of the population, around 3%, that has a gene that enables them to sleep for about three to four hours and be completely recovered. I'm certainly not one of those people. I'm definitely in that seven to eight hour window, maybe even more in some places. Um, but in general, that's what we're looking for. And the reason why is because when we sleep, in our brain, there's 100 billion neurons and at night when we sleep, those 100 billion neurons shrink by about 60% and all the space opens up inside the brain and a clear fluid called cerebral spinal fluid washes through the brain every single night while we sleep. That's how your brain heals, repairs, recovers, and regenerates. The other really cool thing is that we control and release leptin and ghrelin, which are two hormones that control your appetite and how full you feel. So not only does the brain wash itself out, if you get a good night's sleep, you're better able to make good decisions around the foods that you eat the next day. Also, we release growth hormone when we sleep. And growth hormone heals, repairs, and regenerates all of your muscles and your bones. And so sleep is very much the foundation for well-being. And if we can prioritize sleep in our lives, that's what gives us the chance to eat better, move a little bit more, and certainly have the best possible mental health. So it is absolutely the foundation of what we want to be trying to do um, as high performers who are interested in health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I wanted to ask you about this also, that, you know, because there's so much of information everywhere, like, you know, and melatonin has is been available everywhere. You know, people have started having it without any, uh, uh, you know, physiologist or any, any doctor's uh, recommendation. It just... Available, right? So, does uh, having a melatonin melatonin supplement uh, is it okay on a regular basis? If somebody is uh, extreme disturbed for a month or two months, 
Is it okay to have a melatonin supplement or one needs to, you know, have it, you know, occasionally once when you're traveling or actually disturbed? Got it. Um, so melatonin is a hormone. It's released by the pineal gland deep inside the brain. It is released when the brain detects that it's dark outside. And the challenge right now is that we all have our devices around us. And so we're constantly shining light into our eyes through our phones, our tablets, our televisions, which takes away that stimulus for us to fall asleep and for the brain to release melatonin. So unfortunately, that means that some people have to take melatonin as a pill instead of producing it naturally inside the brain. And the research is pretty clear that melatonin helps us to reset our sleep cycles after a period of disrupted sleep, and especially if you're crossing time zones. So if you're traveling east to west around the world and you're jet lagged, then by all means, have some melatonin for a couple of nights to reset your sleep cycle and then you're fine. Um, also, if you've had a period of disrupted sleep, I'd say there's a week at work where you're really, really stressed and you're working really hard, long hours. And as a result, you're not sleeping very well and you want to get back into your regular sleep cycle, you can use melatonin to reset your sleep cycle. The problem is, is that if you take melatonin regularly, you lose the ability to produce it yourself. That's why we say we only use it for a very short period of time, not a very long period of time. Uh, and that way you can use it to reset, but then build your sleep habits back so that you can fall asleep naturally and stay asleep by yourself. So a few of the ways that you can build your ability to produce melatonin on your own without taking a melatonin pill is to go to bed at the same time every night so that your brain knows when to release melatonin so you can fall asleep easily. The second thing to do is to make sure that your bedroom is pitch black, get the blackout blinds and make sure that um, your room is as dark as possible to make sure that there is no light going into your eyes. Even if your eyeball, eyelid is closed, light still goes through and will will wake you up. Um, your bedroom can be a little bit cool. So about 19 to 20 degrees Celsius seems to be the best temperature for sleep. You and your partner might need different thicknesses of blankets in order to be comfortable, but that's the, the zone that appears to be the best. And if you're still having trouble sleeping, um, heart intense physical exercise during the course of the day really helps us to um, produce more melatonin and to fall asleep and to stay asleep. So there's a few ideas that you can use to Mm -hmm. help you to sleep better without having to take melatonin uh, supplements. Yeah, that was quite a good info. Then uh, how about working out or doing any exercise right before sleep? I mean, does that help? Like, you know? That helps us to reduce stress. So when we're exercising, we actually break down stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol. So if you've had a difficult day, if you've had a stressful day, if you're working harder, you know, some challenge happened during the day and you're really stressed, the evening workout is fantastic because it, first of all, it gets you in a shape, it improves your heart and your lungs, your blood, your muscles, your brain, your bones, everything. And it breaks down all of those stress hormones to get rid of them. The problem is, is that if you do a workout late in the evening, your body temperature is elevated and your heart rate is elevated, which makes it very yeah. difficult for you to fall asleep. So you have to do two things. If you do the evening workout, you have to finish with a cool to cold shower until you stop sweating. And once mm -hmm. you've stopped sweating, your body temperature is back down to normal again, then you can fall asleep. Second thing you can do is that when you're exercising, your brain becomes very active and you need to calm your mind down so it's not racing while you're lying in bed. And so a little bit of meditation right before you fall asleep to settle your mind is going to help too. So cool to cold shower, a little bit of meditation after your workout at night, and you should be fine to fall asleep. Okay, lovely. So cold to cold shower, uh, Dr. Ray, what do you mean by that? Like having chill shower, cold shower? 
Yeah. So basically just after your workout in the evening, um, get in the shower, do the soap thing, wash your hair, rinse off. And then at the end, just turn the temperature down until it's cool mm-hmm. yeah. and just move the water over your body until you notice that your skin is back to a, a, a regular temperature and you're not feeling like you're hot anymore. You can also let the water just go off your forehead, third eye, and also between your shoulder blades, that metabolically active tissue that's right between your shoulder blades. That will help to decrease your body temperature as well. You don't need to be cold. It doesn't need to be a shock. We're just turning it down so that it's cool so that your body decreases its temperature after its workout and you cool down before you fall asleep. Okay, so the idea is to cool down the temperature of the body. Uh, there's no need to get into a cryo or, you know, you know, give a cold shock to yourself, right? No, this that's is... the morning. We do that in the morning. Too. That's we the morning. Do okay, <laughs> lovely. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, for, yeah. thanks for clearing this out. Uh, you know, yeah. speaking about the waking and sleeping, uh, you know, routine, I also know that you have also, you know, already have shared it uh, uh, with this listeners of yours that, you know, what's your pattern is, like, how do you have a, a routine and it will be amazing if you can share some of the insights of your routine uh, so that we can take some tips and maybe you know we can do something sure I mean everyone's different but um, what I'm trying to do right now looks something like this and I've got it on my desktop so I'm, if anyone's watching on video and I'm looking down because I'm looking at my notes um, so right now Judith and I like to get up pretty early 5 to 5.30 in the morning ish wake up first thing we do is drink water um so i will typically have a glass or two of water squeeze lime juice or lemon juice into it to get hydrated again um i'll then from six to seven do some sort of exercise so whether that's lifting weights on monday and wednesday and then tuesday thursday i swim and on the weekends i do other stuff um then at 7 a.m we do um breakfast with I do coffee because I like coffee. Um, it's my why. I don't drink. I don't do drugs, but I like coffee. So I'll have a coffee first thing in the morning. Uh, and then I will go to work. That will typically take until about uh, 1 o'clock. Then we'll do protein, fats, carbohydrates for lunch at around 1. Some sort of a, a sauna or steam or hot shower and then very cold. I find that that resets me for the afternoon. One more two to three hour block in the afternoon, a little bit of cardio in the evening, and then the par- what I call a parasympathetic sundown, which is at night. That's breath work, which is you know just simple basic meditation. Um, get get a shower, um, get into bed, and read fiction. So that's kind of the routine. As you can see, it's not very complicated. I do like to drink water specifically around ten in the morning and three in the afternoon. Uh, just to stay hydrated in the middle of the morning i'll have some nuts because it helps keep me full and in the middle of the afternoon i'll have some berries blueberries blackberries strawberries something like that as well because that gives me a bit of energy for the afternoon and i try to keep a few hours open at night to make sure i'm spending time with my kids and judith my wife so and it's all in there but that's the the general pattern that i've been trying to follow for the last little while that's lovely so your pattern remains the same or do you keep on uh, changing you know, according to the body's need. Yeah, I definitely change things up every um, two to three months. I'll do a redo of of the routine depending on what's going on. I also travel a fair bit, so this is my routine when I routine when I'm at home in Toronto, uh, when I'm on the road and I fly a lot because I do public speaking. 
um, it is harder to stay on my routine. So when I'm on the road, I just do my best. And I might do my workout walking around an airport, for example, rather than, mm -hmm. uh, you know, first thing, waking up and doing weights uh, with Judith. So I do my best. It's, you know, I, I figure I'm probably about 80% of the way compliant with this, but I give myself some, some grace. Like some days my kids are sick and I can't do this. It goes out the window and I'm just in survival mode for that day. <laughs> or I've got a big, huge presentation or an incredible podcast in India, in which case I will adjust my schedule accordingly. So it's flexible. But in general, it's lots of water, make sure I get a workout in, eat healthy food, deep focused work in blocks where I can not get distracted, family time at night, some hot or cold during the day if I need to, to spark my brain. Um, and that's basically it. And I mix and match those those pieces, but it's very straightforward and, and very consistent. Lovely. You also mentioned particularly about, you know, reading before you sleep and you mentioned fiction books. Like, you know, is there a yes. you know, reason you mentioned fiction and book? It is because we want to defend our last hour, the last hour before you fall asleep. And now you want to make sure that you're doing things that help you to decompress and to relax. And so if I'm reading the news, if I'm reading social media, if I'm reading um, a technical report, or a textbook, it just makes my brain too active and I can't fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And so when I read stories, that is basically the same brain waves as you create when you are in sleep and when you're dreaming, they're theta wave, theta brain waves. And so I like to get myself out of beta brainwave mode, hustle, focus, execute, getting stuff done, down into alpha, which is just sort of relaxed but aware, into theta, which is that creativity and ideation, which is what I feel when I read fiction. And so that just helps me to prepare my brain to calm down and to get in a state where I can fall asleep, I can stay asleep. Okay, lovely. So it's like you know, listening to a story and just then going in a dreamland, reading that. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, without taking much time, I would you know like to ask a last question because I know you have a lack of time. I mean, we just spoke about your routine and your habit. Uh, you know, while you're working with the you know popular, famous athletes out there, uh, what kind of mindset do they have, and what kind of uh, routine or habit which they follow? Uh, you know, would you like to share some of the insights from that? Sure. Um, in terms of mindset, the number one thing that I noticed from athletes and business leaders, uh, the higher that they go in the world, in the rankings, and it could be musicians, um, business leaders, athletes, artists, it's the same pattern everywhere. Um, the higher you go in the world rankings, I find the more curious you become. And so if I'm speaking to someone that say ranked 100th in the world, they're not as they're not asking that many questions. They're doing what they do. Whereas when I get to people that are top 10 in the world, they're constantly asking questions. They're really curious. They want to know more. They want to learn. They want to experiment. They want to grow. They want so that's that's probably the number one mindset that I've noticed amongst high performers. It's just this curiosity and this desire to learn, this openness to other ideas, this non-judgment. Of course, they practice, they've got their beliefs, but they're interest in learning how do I get better and finding people that can help them to elevate their their game and their performance and their training. And then they're just very consistent. They do the basics right. You'd think that the top five people in the world are doing something magical or something different or something unique or something secret. They're not. They're just doing the basics extraordinarily well, very, very consistently. Not sure if you've um, heard of LeBron James, but he's a basketball player. It's a popular sport in North okay. America. 
and LeBron is the best. Um, I, I think Michael Jordan was better, but right now, currently, um, LeBron is the best player in the world. Uh, and he had a game yesterday in the playoffs, and he arrived five hours early, oh, wow. probably about three hours before any other athlete made it there. And he warmed up. He did his routines. He did his strength training. He did his practice. And then by the time everybody else was there, he was already pretty much finished. And he then did his tech precise technical work. So he just showed up before everyone else. And he does the basics really well, very, very consistently all the time. And that is the magic. If you're curious and consistent, that is what I would say that one of the most important things I've noticed from performers I'm very fortunate to work with. That's amazing. You know, the consistency and curiosity is what will take you to, you know, because we keep on his listening to these words, you know, continuously, but yeah, actually following it, uh, you know, what you're passionate about and being curious so that, you know, being a learner lifelong will take uh, you a longer way. So uh, thank exactly. you so much, Dr. Greg. I would, you know, ask you to just give us some, uh, uh, you know, important, most important uh, words before we close the show for you know all of our listeners today. I uh, just a tip of which they can be following for uh, the rest of the life. Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing is curiosity is really important. Consistency is important. Do the basics right. Spend a lot of time with people that you love. Get some exercise every day, get out in the sun, eat, eat healthy food. Uh, and I'm honored to connect with anybody. If you want to reach out to me, my website is drgregwells.com. Um, I post information on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter, wherever you want to connect with me is, is fantastic. I've, um, I've had some incredible experiences in, in India and I'm deeply grateful to all my friends from India that I've met through the Titan Summit. And so I'm just happy and, and grateful to to be back and, and to speak to you. And hopefully we can see you live and in person soon. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Greg. Thank you. It was lovely speaking to you. And uh, so, you know, the people who want to reach Dr. Greg, I mean, just uh, write uh, you. I mean, uh, on the on the website, they can reach you. They can reach you via Instagram, DM, Facebook, or, you know, exactly. email. Uh, do you also train one-on-one, -on -one, Dr. Greg? I don't do much one-on-one -on -one right now. I'm doing research at SickKids Hospital in Toronto on cancer and cystic fibrosis, wrapping that research program up. So most of my work clinically is with um, with with research programs. Right now, I'm doing a lot of public speaking and writing books. Um, I have a few CEOs that I coach one-on-one -on -one and a few athletes that I coach one-on-one, -on -one, but in general, I don't take patients um, directly. I'm just trying to help people through taking science and making it understandable to them through books and through speaking and through podcasts like this one. Um, but no matter what, just like reach out and I'm happy to connect with you. And if I don't know someone, maybe I can point you in the right direction to someone who will be able to help you out. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Gag. And, you know, thank you for taking time out and, you know, providing us such a, a beautiful information on complete health and wellness. 